welcome back, adventurer. This is episode 216 of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is classic, and classic is Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network. Available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and questgamingnetwork.com. We're live right now on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. And today's record date is Turdas, Sun's Dawn the 28th, and I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Evarwin. And here we are, welcome back into Morrowind for the first time in two years. We're back, guys. We <laughs> are back. Yeah! All right. <laughs> You're here, we're here, we're all here, it's all good. All right. And we are joined by... Uh, legends tell of this man, strong in body and mind, a dedicated crafter, adventurer, man of the people, and yet blind to the chat box in Elder Scrolls Online when his co-hosts invite him to a dungeon. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> the Tamrielic historian. Hey, called you out, man. What happened? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I told him a... borrowing. He's probably stealing things in Morrowind, <laughs> and he's also, like, eating chili and talking to Naryu. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm sitting there, and one of the things is, like, I'm blind as a bat sometimes, and so I have the uh, chat set to, like, super large letters, but then reduced down to a very small box. Uh (laughs) So I get, like, two Uh lines, and, like, if shit is scrolling through with, like, zone chat or, you know, guild chat, I won't see anything. And just, there I am, doing my thing. Doing your thing. uh, You know, that's why I say, you know, if you want to get a hold of me, you got my cell phone number. That's Text it. Text me. <laughs> you, missed, you missed. You missed your buds. We were in ESO, and we were like, "Oh, the the new uh, the new dungeons dropped in ESO this week." And I was like, "Oh, Mike just logged in." We were grouped. Um, it was Mithril and I. We were grouped up, and then uh, guild member. Shout out to Sonic, by the way. Uh, Sonic, one of our guild members, was with us, and uh, Mike jumped in. I'm like, "Oh shit, there's Mike. Let's get Mike." And then he logged out. I'm like, "There goes Mike." <laughs> and then you so log hard. back in. I'm like, oh, he's doing the character hop. Type, 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 type. Enter. And then I'm waiting. And then I'm waiting. And I'm excited. And I'm excited. And then I'm getting disappointed. And I'm getting disappointed. Everyone's stalking you. That's what this is. <laughs> what day was that? Monday or Tuesday? I think, the, it, I think it was Tuesday. If it was the new dungeons. So I, I was screaming. The one thing about ESO that I hate when they drop a new patch is. Literally, I have, like, all of my add-ons have to be updated and, you know, reformatted and all that shit. And then all I want to do is check my mail, and it's like, ah, the add-ons for my mail are broken. And, uh, you know, the one day it took – I went to bed leaving the the launcher up to update. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Two hours, and it hasn't even made it to 50% yet. Oof. Yeah, I kind of knew to just leave it going. All day, and then not try to play it till the next day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, up, update twenty one is huge, and I don't know if it's just like a lot of stuff is in there and like going to be unlocked so that the other updates are going to be smaller. But it just seemed gigantic. It's a big on my download. It's a big. Yeah, I knew I knew something was amiss when I pressed uh, the menu button on the Xbox controller, and my character it actually zoomed in on my character. <laughs> <laughs> because whenever I put add-ons with the Xbox gamepad mode, uh, it just, uh, I end up screwing that up somehow. And it just doesn't zoom in on my character when I'm previewing stuff. Well, yeah. well, dear listener, 
if that voice uh, sounds familiar to you, it should. That man has been in Tamriel for so long, he's actually appeared in First Era lore. That is Mithril the Learned. I'm just an echo of the previous Kalpa. Don't mind me. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Mithril, how you doing? Welcome. <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, I did a lot of Elder Scrolls stuff, so I got things to talk about for sure. Very nice, very nice. Well, we're about to get into our gameplay section in a little bit. Uh, we're here in Marwyn for the first time in just uh, just about two years, maybe just over two years. So I'm excited to kind of do a little exploration in Balmora, but I don't want to spoil anything for you guys just yet. Mithril, tell everyone where they can find us. All right. Watch us live at twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. Email us, email us at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Find us at questgamingnetwork.com. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at elderscrollsotr. And like us at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash record, where our show is also posted. That's right. Now, all these places on Twitch, on the website, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, all these places you can find this episode. So if uh, you prefer one of those places versus another, we're there too. No, I'm not doing an Instagram. <laughs> not for this show. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> I've thought about it. I've thought about it. It just doesn't make sense. You know, it really yeah. doesn't because you can't post links in Instagram. Like that's what makes Tumblr so much better for, than, than it, you know? Oh yeah. So it's got me, uh, I mean, we have one for the magic show and it's like, it's cool and all, but, I, I, I think Twitter is like the superior platform if you want to share, you know, podcasts and whatnot. But anyway, I always my, end up putting images in there. On Twitter, anyways. <laughs> yeah. I, I, anyway, Mike, uh, what's uh, tell 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 the dear listeners what we're going to be doing today. So today we are playing the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Yeah. In the history of, we are going to look at the city of Balmora, and I think that Avarwin is probably going to find where uh, Cassius uh, Casadas is there, and uh, you know, be molested by him sometime <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Uh, in the discussion, we are going to talk about what makes a great town, and I guess maybe that you know, if uh, you know, White Run had the uh, the town bike, then maybe uh, Cassius there is the town bike for Belmora. Is it Cassius or is it or Caius? Is it Caius? I thought oh, it was. Okay. I don't. Can we get Caius? Christ well, you're gonna have to find yeah, him so is. that we. It is. We're gonna have to find him now, I guess. Caius Casadas. I right? play his card enough in Legends to know. Ah, there you go. I'm trying to do it <laughs> off of memory. <laughs> uh, there is several, several uh, Morrowind major Morrowind fans right now that are just like, "Bruh, really, bruh." Yeah, probably. <laughs> no. Actually, aren't probably you being turned into the town bike by uh, by Caius? I think so. I think that's yeah, kind of, that's yeah. more like what's going on. <laughs> that might be it. I think I think Mithril the Learned has hit the nail on the proverbial head. Um, anyway, uh, just want to uh, welcome all of the uh, the people in our chat room right now, and let's get into it. Uh, gameplay, gameplay, guys. Let's catch up a little bit on what everyone has been doing. Mithril, you, you said you, you've got a lot going on. Why, why don't you tell us? Sure. 
All right, so I began to stream on the QGN Twitch channel. Yes, thank you for that. By the way, I have uh, I have not ca caught the uh, the updates yet that are that are still there on our on our Twitch channel. But uh, I I appreciate you doing that now. It's nice to see the uh, the streaming uh, happen to start up again for for uh, QGN. Yeah. So what I'm doing now is that I'm playing Elder Scrolls Legends on Saturday nights. And a modded Skyrim playthrough on Sunday nights. Okay. And both I am scheduling around 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern time on both days. So, you know, you'll expect to have a similar time for both of those uh, Twitch streams. Awesome. That's, wh that's what I'm doing with those. Okay. So, Legends, you know... I've been playing, you know, a lot of uh, playlists of cool music and stuff and just running through matches, trying to murder people on the trying to get into legend. <laughs> I'm on the top rank. And uh, last time uh, I went 50 50, I kind of I barely broke even. And I was mad because I literally uh, themed the, the stream title as no more excuses, uh, time to smash. And I didn't do that much smashing. <laughs> well, I mean, you can only do so much, you know. Yeah, and um, I had a lot of fun on the first episode of the modded Skyrim stream I started, and I called it uh, the Green Pact War. Uh, yeah, the Green Pact Companion, you know, episode one. So this is kind of a series thing, and I'm doing a. Uh, I'm not copying you, uh, Mike. I did make a Bosmer character. And I'm strictly doing a green pack kind of style where he only does meat everything. And of course, you know, in like I need, he's only just picking up meat products. He's not doing alchemy. As much as I love to pick flowers, is literally like forcing me, the player, to stop doing things I normally do. So, so I can't pick flowers. What was that? In Skyrim, right? Yeah, in Skyrim. Well, you could get like, you know, uh, was it skeever hides and charred skeever? Yeah, just, and, I do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not, you know, plant foods. I'm literally trying to stop myself from hitting the A button on any kind of plant for alchemy. Because normally I'm just alchemist anyways. I just I just rip everything out of the ground. This time I have to stop myself. Mithril's the full uh, metal alchemist <laughs> over there. Yeah, and of course, uh, I'm using bow and arrow, but I'm not doing sneak archery. I'm you're literally picking perks out of Ordinator that make me faster at shooting uh, bow and arrows. And I can zoom, but I do not crouch because I'm a heavy armor character. So most of my time would be shooting people close range. And I'm running uh, shield and dagger as my uh, primary close range weapons. Shield and dagger. Very nice. Getting uh, nice uh, <clears throat> uh, crit, uh, crit bonuses off that. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that can take the form of a, uh, a wood hatchet. But, okay. you know, this wood hatchet is kind of like a... I'm running something called Heavy Armory. And that gives it a lot more variety of weapons in the game. But it doesn't, like, severely change uh, the stats of, of uh, ar uh, weapon damage. They just look different, and they just serve different purposes. Like a spear will do more, uh, do less damage against an armored opponent, but you have better range than a sword. That kind of thing. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, it's a highly beefed up combat setup where all enemies are incredibly aggressive. They will try to uh, to cause you to block or run as much as they possibly can. 
and harry you into corners where they can get you from the side. So there's a lot of just berserk gameplay happening with the, with the combat and with also additional enemy types, tundra spiders roaming in packs on the plains of White Run, droggers that can shout at you, all kinds of stuff. So, it's, it's crazy. So Saturday night is Saturday Night Legends with Mithril and modded Skyrim Sunday nights at what 6 to 10 eastern time yeah it, it it can start maybe a little bit later than six i haven't really quite, but you'll you'll expect me within that time yeah i haven't quite nailed it down but that's what i'm going with now all right so i guess i guess like if you announce it on twitter right and people follow yes. you um you know then then we'll have a general idea so of course if you're also following the um the uh the twitch channel You'll you'll know when we go live. So, uh, where what's uh, what's your Twitter handle again? At Mithralesque on Twitter, and so, I'll have to spell it. M y t h r i l m y t h r i i l e s q u e. Yes. Cool. <laughs> right. I, I I regret having such a complicated looking name <laughs> now that I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> Well, you know, you could always, I don't know, make a new one or whatever. But Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we'll see how, how that goes. Anyway, right. Mike, uh, what about you? What have you been doing in-game lately? So I've got an update here for you guys from the Jackal. So uh, Cassius is the guy who's cursed with invisibility. Uh, Caius is the guy in Balmora. And Crassius is the guy who molests you. <laughs> So there we go. Now we know who everybody is, and I'll still refer to them all as the wrong person, probably. Now that we're straight on that, thank you <laughs> very much, chat room. The chat room always knows. They're always aware. Very good. <laughs> I don't know how people in Rome even could identify each other with all these names that sound the same. <laughs> yeah, I, You know, that's a really good point. Couldn't couldn't tell you. Maybe that's why they had to be such good record keepers, you know? Maybe. So uh, what else is going on there, Everybody Mike? Gets Maximus the first. Okay. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I've actually been in ESO a little bit and finished the Morrowind anniversary event. So uh, there were four daily quests per um, for each of the per day. And uh, you got a ticket towards your new uh, Pokemon in Skyrim uh, creature there uh, where you had to get the berries. Uh, if you did the Hall of Justice dailies. So I did each of the Hall of Justice ones, got my tickets, uh, managed to get another feather and the berries for this uh, uh, event, and uh, managed to actually finish off my Morag Tong and Ashlander styles finally. Because uh, every time you turned in a uh, quest, instead of one bag of uh, loot, you got two reward bags. So uh, four quests is, uh, you know, eight bags of loot every day that you got. So it was actually really nice to finally get those done and out of the way. Good. Congratulations. I mean, getting pieces of anything that's kind of hard to get in ESO is quite the grind. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Morag Tong uh, ones were still going for like 23K uh, a piece. So, you know, it's the kind of thing where anything that I didn't have, I actually made some profit off of. So... The Ashlanders were going for about 8k, you know, so it wasn't a, a huge haul from either of them, but it was enough that uh, I didn't want to spend that money to uh, 
actually uh, just buy them. I'd rather earn the stuff in game. Yeah, the guild store. Have you had a chance to look at that yet? Uh, not the new updated ones. No. Oh yeah. I, I haven't either. The functionality uh, on I them. I figured you would have first though, because you're totally like in the wheeling and dealing. <laughs> yeah, it's, Mithril's right. Yeah, you you actually um yeah you're the one who's into all the uh the the trade uh the trade guilds, right? Well, I had to, because of how little I've been playing recently, I actually dropped uh, two of my three trade guilds. Um, the one was sending me nasty emails because I wasn't making 20,000 gold pieces in taxes uh, a week. And I'm like, um... Those authoritarian been, like, scumbags. Well, they had new <laughs> uh, uh, guild dictatorship. And it went from, oh, you know, you have to sell 5,000 uh, a week to needing to have 20,000 in profit for them a week. Yeah. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. This I'm isn't like, a first... real job. You do GTFO. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, the kind of stuff that I was selling, you know, when I was playing a lot would actually cover that kind probably once a month. And so they're like, well, you need to donate. You need to give. And I'm like, dude, I've been a member of this guild since like, you know, it was like my third guild on my list. Uh, you know, it's like, one of my first guilds that I joined after starting the game and we're what four years out and you're telling me you're giving me shit. I'm like, you know what? I don't need you guys. Listen, punk. I've got, uh, I've got, uh, maps of, uh, way rest older than you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm still with the iron bank of Bravos, and you know, you know, they do really good by me. So nice. Yeah. It's enough that, uh, the little bit that I do play, you know, during uh, each week is enough to cover uh, materials to put up or, you know, new armor pieces to put up. So, Good. yeah. Okay. But uh, let's see. Beyond that, uh, I did finish the Sijic uh, uh, Monk's um, uh, quest line. Okay. Um, and that actually was really, really satisfying towards the end. In the beginning, when all you're doing is closing the time rifts, it's just like, ugh. God, kill me now. But like when you start getting along further and you start having a, um, a rapport with the different uh, non-player characters and the talking skull, it actually, you know, became really interesting. Yeah, I finished that, I think, last summer. Yeah. And I could definitely say the same, that it's worth the grind for sure, especially when you get these random portals when you're just regular questing and they're full of good stuff every time. It's like, yes, I'm glad I did that. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually on that quest myself right now, and uh, that sounds nice. <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool because you get parts of the tower staff, uh, you know, and the, yeah, the skull, you know, gives you, you know, all kinds of, like, you know, stupid little quibs about it. And it's just, you know, it's... It's playful enough while you're doing it to make it fun without, you know, once you get past that original grind of... Yeah, you know, it gives you some real decisions that the, the, the think about towards the end, too. But I will say is, you know, if you can get an add-on to put the damn X's on your map, because as soon as you, like, if you're doing another quest and you walk right past it and you, you're lost, then you're trying to fumble with the map and you know, that little piece of parchment paper in the corner and you're looking at it going, okay, where the hell am I? And it's, it's, it's just so much easier when you have an add-on that just adds an X to your map. <laughs> yeah. Like, Here's where that, I have to go. That is the very reason I throw away a lot or just give away my treasure maps into our guild store. <laughs> yeah. 
a treasure mapping uh, thing. Like the the, tre the treasure map mini game in, in ESO is a lot of fun. Um, but I, I completely agree with you, Mike. I I had to get one of those add-ons, and uh, that's when I started to have fun with those treasure maps. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it, it's nice. They do put you know some work into it to you know make the map look like the area that you want to find, but when you have to find seven, eight, nine of these things, and especially the first, the opening one, when you're on our, um, on uh, Somerset and you're not used to the terrain, you're not used to the map itself yeah. and you're out doing other quests and you stumble across it and it's like, Oh crap. You know, do I stop the questing that I'm on to, to find and seal the time breach or do I come back to it? Well, to me, it's, it's sort of a question. I, I mean, we got a big show. I don't want to, you know, get too much into this, but, um, you know, to me, it's it's sort of a question of, you know, is uh, are the is the stuff that you're getting out of the chest worth the time that you're going to put into guessing where this yeah. where and, and to me, like, I like the stuff that I get, but the answer is always no, it's not worth it. So I I got the add-on for it, and it's it's really in, in, improved my quality of life <clears throat> for uh, for doing those those uh, treasure map quests. Yeah. And now I don't feel so burned every single time. Like I, I, okay, I got, I got a chest. I open it up and I see what's in there, and I'm like, all right, you know, you know, fine, whatever, like cool. Um, before, when I was like really putting a lot of time trying to find these things, I'd open it up. I'm like, that's it. All this time for this, like that's bullshit. Yeah. So, anyway, um, anything else, Mike? That's been about it for my gameplay. So. Uh... Yeah, I haven't had a lot because I have been addicted to the Great British Baking Show. And in the last 10 days, I've watched five seasons. Yeah, you and Jerry, too. She's been watching that a lot. <laughs> and then I baked bread. I made Yorkshire wow. puddings. I made a cake from complete scratch, no box. You know. <laughs> wow, you, you're, the, you're, you're the pampered chef over there, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. What's Mike's up? quite the Renaissance man, period. Yeah, he is. You know, 100%. 100%. Yesterday, I bought a piping bag with all the attachments so I can learn how to decorate cakes and to make uh, puff pastry. <laughs> <laughs> Should have hired Mike for uh, for uh, our wedding cake. I'm years away from making a good cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a great interview with uh, Mike Finnegan, dungeon lead for ESO last week. Um, we sort of doubled up our, our Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, last week, so uh, I felt comfortable doing that because I knew this 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 interview was going to be coming up, and um, Mike Finnegan did not disappoint with that interview. It was a lot of fun. Um, he was very generous in in coming out and, and sitting down with me for that. So uh, if you hadn't heard it yet, it should be the the previous uh, episode from this this one. So check it out. It's it's really great. He did such a great job. Um, I, I was very appreciative that he he was able to uh, just kind of you know eke out a little a little time for us uh, the week before um, Wrathstone DLC dropped. So that was great. Um, I gotten some nice feedback on that too. A lot of people seem to like that that uh, that interview. Yeah, cool. I, I was painting a Coca Cola um, cooler uh, with the, you know with my spray paint kit and everything like that. At work while listening to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you like it? Yeah. I mean, it's like it, it, it definitely 
showed me more about what they actually do. Yeah. When they're designing dungeons. Yeah, it's good stuff. And that's cool to know. It, it is, especially when you see like all the stuff they, you know, they, they really put into into it. Um, and speaking of which, Frost uh, Wrathstone DLC dropped on Monday. Okay, so uh, Mithril and I had a chance to actually go into Frost Vault. I tanked it. Uh, Mithril was doing some DPS. We grabbed um, um, Sonic from our uh, our guild, and we pugged a um, a healer. And uh, we had a blast. It was it was so much fun. We did it on normal, and you know, you know we're kind of like a it was kind of like a ragtag group. You know we're we're not yeah. all decked out in the best gear ever. You know no. I not, was not even like not like close. I'm D- doing DPS, but it's slow dot DPS. So it's definitely like crawling kind of uh, killing enemies kind of role. <laughs> yeah, and, and we had we had a blast. It, it, the the dungeon like frost. I could tell you right now, frost vault on normal. It is frantic. It it's a it is it's challenging, but it's available to all gear sets, all uh, skill sets. All right, it it's if you're one of these folks who who plays Elder Scrolls Online by themselves, okay, solo, and you're curious about doing some dungeons, but you're not 100 percent sure. Okay, I'm telling you that these dungeons are are 100 percent accessible on normal. And you're going to have a good time if you get yourself together with a couple of other folks, okay, in your guild. Definitely do, Frostvault. It's, it, I mean, you're missing out. You really are. You're missing out if you don't go into these dungeons. It's so much fun. And it's not that, it's not impossible. It's not impossible at all. Not even close. It, it, I mean, we ran it and completed it our first time in there. And like I said, we're not even, I'm, I'm decked out as a tank in um, crafted gear still. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm like, my gear is probably about two, three years behind the times, and, and I had no issue, really, on normal. Um, I was in top tanking gear, but I was uh, as a tank, but I also switched my skills around to do DPS, so it's like, you <laughs> know, that, that that made it kind of different, too. Yeah. Who, uh, who the, the, the race change, everyone got a race change token. Anyone switched yeah. their race? Um... Did you? Well, I Mike? didn't change any races. No, Mike, did you? No, when I create no. a character, the entire concept is to, you know, craft it all around the entire character to begin with. So I'm not a, yeah. you know, min maxer who you know changes my race just because, you know, it's going to give me better DPS or more, you know, health or whatever the case might be. I mean, Throngar is a Nord. You know, to make him an Imperial or a Red Guard would be, you know, sacrilege. I'm sorry, who was that? Throngar. Yeah, <laughs> that's never gonna get old. Nah, never, ever, ever. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but then again, like, why would you want to change Strongar when Nords can now tank in light armor? It seems. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't change it either. I was Avarn was an Imperial. Um, he's gonna stay an Imperial. I looked at the uh, the the benefits of being an Imperial, and it's well suited for tanking it's it's great so um i'm staying as is and i feel as if maybe i got a little bit of a buff there with my health yeah i feel lucky that uh high elves are really good at being templar tanks right now because of the because of the buff yeah yeah so i feel like yeah i feel lucky that i happen to have the right phrase for this right it's it's just it wasn't before it's good all around um 
So what else did I do? In e- uh, I, I, so like I said, I've been playing uh, some, some ESO a, a lot this week. Also some Skyrim. I started uh, streaming a new Paladin this week in, in, uh, in Skyrim. A little uh, house and inventory cleaning in my home in Wayrest with, um, with my characters in ESO. Um, also some adjustments with uh, Avarman and Marlowe's champion points. Um, and as a result, I made some new choices with gear, Mundus stones, attribute points, and just really kind of just like trying to slot in some, some DPS, uh, and, and, and keep like some, you know, uh, update the build, uh, a little bit, especially for Marlowe. He's going to be my next project cause he's my, my, uh, uh, level 50, um, like DPS character. You know, Varwin's my tank, but I wanted to create a a um, kind of like a like a DPS build for Sword and Shield with him, and I, I'm I, I'm very very excited about the kind of build that I've got with him going right now. It's you know it's mostly like Magicka stuff, and he's got all points into Magicka, and, and I just maxed out like the um, the spell penetration and spell crit as much as I could. And yeah, he's got a Sword and Shield, but a lot of his his um, his power comes from those. Um, the uh, the the class ability. So the so whatever I had and so whatever I had, uh, DPS wise is going to that, and then the sword and shield, uh, and the the heavy armor sort of keeps up his his health a bit and his um his his toughness. But some DPS comes out of that too, and it's a great build. I'm very I'm very excited about it, and I'm trying to uh, Marlowe's my next project on this one. So so that's it, guys. That's uh. That's all I. That's all I got. Cool. Yeah. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I'm done with the stream, I will paste it into the link for that video into Twitter. So if anyone missed the stream, they can still oh, see nice. a notification on Twitter that directs you directly to the video. That's cool. That's 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 uh, that's that's a nice little feature there. Thank you. Um, you know, there might be a good idea for all the streams if we can do that. Uh, or yeah. unless you don't feel like, you know, doing that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sort of depends. Um, you know, 2019 is, is going to be, uh, kind of like a, keep it close to keep it close to home year for QGN. Uh, we tried doing some, some expanding last year and, uh, I learned a lot of things, um, about what works and doesn't work and what our, our listeners and viewers want and don't want. Um, this year I'm going to try and apply some of those lessons as well as, um, you know, try and try and do a little bit more with, with Twitch. So that, that might be, that might be a thing. Um, I'm also thinking about how, um, like QGN hosts interact with, with our Twitch and how I can sort of like expand that too. And so, um, I'm trying to like, if you haven't caught on yet, like I'm, I'm thinking a lot in the background here about, how do we how do we make twitch more um more successful how how do we really build on that and um with the limited time that that i that i have and and that that we have and how do i make that um a mutual relationship between um people who who stream on the qgn twitch channel you know how how do i do this so i'm doing a lot of background thinking so um you know, does it does it suit us right now to share those those stream videos when they when they do get deleted after after a while? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. 
Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see. So I don't know. I'm doing a lot of thinking. So it's it's a nice idea. I'd like to I'd like to try it for a little bit and see sort of like what comes out of it. Maybe we're gonna see how much uh, reaction did it get online and see if you and see if that works. You'll probably start uh, right. dropping that maybe. Right, but I don't want to promise like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. gonna stay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the other thing too is. You know, for 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 a long time, it's been you know if you're if you're a QGN streamer, you're a QGN streamer. You know, but okay, great, that that's nice. But what what about a relationship? You know, what what, what can can is there a, is there something that we can do for for people who stream on QGN and also have their own Twitch channels? Can there be a relationship there? And I, I'm sure that there is. I'm working on some of the finer details. Um, so, so I, like I said, I'm doing a lot of, I'm doing a lot of thinking. I think it's a good thing to discuss these things for sure. Let people know what we're at, we're working on. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, all right, but uh, hey, let's get to um, let's get to some lore, guys. Uh, I know we've got some headlines I want to jump into uh, very, very, very briefly. Um, like I said, Wrathstone DLC was released on Monday. Okay, but as far as Elder Scrolls news goes. Uh, looking, looking pretty barren out there, folks. Okay. However, I want to give you a, a rundown of some topics I am constantly keeping an eye on, like Elder Scrolls Blades. Okay. No release date yet. Nothing since September. Elder Scrolls 6 rumors and updates. Right now, a sci-fi writer has sued Bethesda and Zenimax over the filing of a trademark for the term Redfall, which may hint at the name for Elder Scrolls 6. Um, Daggerfall for Unity is not fully released yet, but it's getting extremely close. All right, when the full game is released, expect we're going to expect to hear from Gavin. We're going to have Gavin back on the air. Uh, talk about, God, the 10-plus long years it's taken him to uh, to get Daggerfall for Unity to where it's at. Man. Um, the last build is found on dfworkshop.net. The build is 0.7.36. And introduces vampirism and spell icons, plus a whole bunch of other stuff. So he's getting some of those, like he's getting a lot of those systems into into the game now, and it's it's uh, <laughs> it's getting close, guys. And um, that's huge news, man. It is. It, I mean, I think I think Gavin's ready to 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 release like 1.0, um, maybe at the end of this year or next year. So he's he's getting so close, guys. Um, but that's I'm putting words in his mouth, and I'm sure he would not appreciate that. <laughs> um, and then the last but not least, you know, the Creation Club. Nothing really to write home about these days, but I am keeping an eye on it. And uh, that's it. So, like I said, let's get into lore. This is an Elder Scrolls news and lore podcast. So let's jump into that lore with this week in Tamrielic Holidays. All right. The first one. Heart's Day. Sun's Dawn the 16th. Today is the 16th of Sun's Dawn, a holiday celebrated all over Tamriel as Heart's Day. It seems that in every house, the legend of the lovers is being sung for the younger generation. In honor of these lovers, Polydor and Eloisa. Eloisa, yeah, Yeah, there you go. Polydor and Eloisa. The inns of the city offer a free room for visitors. If such kindness had been given the lovers, it is said, it would always be springtime in the world. In Daggerfall, this is the summoning day of Sanguine. Ooh. Have a glass of wine for Sanguine, eh? Oh, yes. Next. 
Perseverance Day. Sun's dawn the 27th. Perseverance Day is quite the party in Yakalan. It is originally held as a solemn memorial to those killed in battle while resisting the Camoran usurper, but has since become a boisterous festival. Hmm. Cameron Usurper is a huge figure uh, in that particular era. Sure, yeah. Try to usurp Camoran. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know a lot about him. I hope we get into that someday. All right. Here's another one. Aduros Now. Sun's Dawn to 28th. The villages in the Bantha celebrate the baser urges that come with springtide oh in Aduras now. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's more merrymaking intense holidays. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the traditions vary from village to village, but none of them are for the overly virtuous. Oh, my. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> First seed, Hermaeus Mora's summoning day. First seed, the fifth. In Daggerfall, this is a summoning day for Hermaeus Mora. Of course. Of course. Then, finally, we have first planting. First seed, the seventh. On the seventh of first seed, every year, the people of Tamriel celebrate first planting, symbolically sowing seeds for the autumn harvest. It is a festival of fresh beginnings both for the crops and for the men and women of the city. Neighbors are reconciled for in their disputes, resolutions are formed, bad habits dropped, and the disease cured. The, cler the clerics at the temples run a free clinic all day long to cure people of poisoning, different diseases, paralysis, and other banes found in the world of Tamriel. And that it is our holidays of Tamriel. All right. So, um, what did uh, what have you guys been doing for uh, Adorus? Ad Ad Adorus now for those baser urges on the uh, the springtide. <laughs> I can't we need say to see spring. <laughs> I'm not at liberty to disclose this. <laughs> you guys. Is it, do you think Adorus now babies are like a thing? You know, the new baby is born. You know, it's yeah, like, it's like just a, a very large um, batch of them every year. <laughs> you know, like it's it's born like sometime around you know December or I should say uh, evening star, and they're like, oh, it's an Adorus now baby. It's so cute. Adorus now boomers every year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's stop. <laughs> It's just uh okay, and so um now now's Mike with uh, the history of. <laughs> so we're talking about Belmora. So yeah, uh, the first book from uh, Sedanine to Belmora by road. So I know that you were tooling around there at the port of Sedanine. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, from Sedanine, leaving the village by the North Bridge, then follow the road east past the Siltstrider port. East of Sedanine, the road heads northeast through the ridge and intersects a northwest-southeast road. Turn left, northwest, and pass the village of Pillage on your right. 
The road continues north, then swings northeast until it reaches a four-way intersection. The road to Belmora turns left, northwest, and descends into Foydra Marama, a deep volcanic ravine. The road follows the ravine northeast for a short distance, then turns left and climbs out of the ravine into the northeast. North of the ravine, past Fort Moonmoth, to the right comes an intersection with a signpost. Post. Head due west towards Belmora. Two small bridges cross the Uday River. On the west side of the river, go north, passing a silt strider port and entering into the walls of Belmora. Mind the signpost and be careful. In bad weather or darkness, it is easy to stray from the road. Now, the reason I picked this book, beyond just the fact of, you know, we're talking about Belmora, is the craziness that is Morrowind. You know, that uh, you get these books and it tells you how to go somewhere. And it's like, you know, make sure you stop at the naked man on, you know, the road. And you know, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> True <laughs> you know? story. Well, it is an island that was created by the culture of Daedra. Yes. Can you make it any more, uh, you know, convoluted, though? It's like, <laughs> turn north, then go east. Then it's like, what the heck? <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Daggerfall's like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> you want convoluted? Come on. A creative perspective is definitely that. Compared to the previous, I mean, to the previous games in that way in the 3D space, yes, that is definitely the case. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's a bit convoluted, you know, getting around on the island. Uh, you know, it, it's actually much simpler, but it's like, wow, you know, it's like head north, then northwest, and you're good to go. But, you know, it's like, no, I just got to make all these craziness, you know. Turn left, turn right. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, you probably do need that because if you enter combat with a uh, a Kwama in a worm, you're probably going to forget where the hell you went. <laughs> Run away! Yeah. True story. Just whiffing on that attack every time. There's a freaking... Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a little worm around here that was... Get, that always, every new game, every new character... I'm going to try and see if I can find him. Every new character I, I I create, that little son of a bitch always gives me like the worst. Oh, it's the same one. It's, it's like Kwama. The damn worm. Where is that little? I'm gonna find it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my God. Okay, so from UESP, Belmora or Stone Forest and Dunmaris was the seat of power of House Redoran, and later the nominal district seat of House Lalu, and the second largest settlement geography geographically on Vardenfeld after Vivek. Belmora is located in the southernmost edge of the West Nash, right at the point where the region converges with the Ashlands and the marshes of the Bitter Coast, and the lush, lush plantations of the Asherian Islands and the Odai River ran through its heart and divided into four districts, Hightown, Commercial District, Labor Town, and nearby Moonmoth uh, Legion Fort. Belmore has existed in some form since at least the late First Era, playing host to all three members of the Tribunal during the era's first day, final days. The town's most familiar incarnation with Lalu-style houses was constructed in the mid-Second Era, with House Rutteran contracting House Lalu to build the city of Belmora and Saran from them. According to the contract, the cities were to be built in the Redoran style, 
but the but the Lalu nonetheless built it in their own style. Around the second era of 583, Belmora was ruled by the veteran counselor Iris Rella until he was murdered by his own daughter in a family tragedy. Some members of the house of House Lalu, most notably counselor Raveth, also lived and operated in the city. In addition, the Morag Tong maintained a safe house in the city at this time. So, one of the big things that comes out of um, uh, Belmora is a drink. The drink, Belmora Blue, is named after the city and is a potent contraband beverage made from moon sugar and other ingredients. Uh-uh. And in Skyrim, if you play the quest for the Dainty Slowed, you can actually get a bottle of Belmora Blue. And its properties are restore 25 points of stamina. Stamina regenerates 30% slower. Uh, and so it has the properties of restore stamina and damage stamina regeneration. Uh, ESO, you help a wine merchant recover his lost bottles of Balmora Blue wine. So in Stone Falls, uh, at the Ashen Road Way Shrine, you get the Sommelier's Gloves. And uh, um, it is a quest to help him recover his missing wine from the goblins. I, I bet know. no one's going to make fun of you if you get a whole case of Balmora Blue as opposed to having uh, Paps Ribbon Blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I found it interesting because we always hear about skooma and, yeah. you know, and as the drink made from moon sugar and, you know, the properties that it has. But, you know, we don't really think about Balmora Blue. And other than a couple of interactions, you don't really hear much at all about it, at, you know, so I think it's really good to, you know, whenever we talk about uh, different places, the cuisine and the uh, drinks that come from them, I think, are kind of important. So I was actually happy to see uh, moon sugar-based Belmora Blue being something that comes out of this yeah. area. So here's My a wife question. and Sadie's is so jacked when you meet them. <laughs> here's, here's a question. Um, so, what's that's the... why he's missing his shirt. He forgot to even put it on. <laughs> the dude is just freaking, like, you know, yoked like crazy. All, he's freaking fried. Um, what do you think? What do you think elevated Skuma into the uh, the the player's consciousness more so than than like any any of these other these other you know drinks? I don't know because I think like you can come across Skuma and people like strung out on Skuma like the Argonians, uh, you know, in that Skyrim quest mm-hmm. that really put it forward. But uh, the Belmora Blue it. Like, no one's, you never find anyone strung out on it. Probably because it's like kind of diluted, maybe a little bit. Maybe. Kind of like a mudslide or something. I don't know. It's not the good stuff, man. But, yeah, uh, yeah you'd almost hope, like, that uh, they had gone a little bit further, maybe in Morrowind, where, like, you can actually see the production of it or something, or having to stop the production of it. Or, you know, I don't know. Or maybe, like, just some people, you know, just make really crazy, like, crack versions of Skuma, and we just have yet to differentiate them. Maybe. Do we have like a lot of quests out there that are that are skooma related? I think... uh, if in Skyrim there is the quest uh, for Riften to become Thane of Riften that you have to stop the skooma smugglers. Yeah. Uh, and it starts by healing the one Argonian who's strung out on skooma. Um. That could be. There's another one where you get a reward like a case of skooma is found, is pretty much accumulated during the quest line. 
And then you run into the ever-present skooma dealers on the roads um, <laughs> down by um, down by uh, the river. So it, it, it is hardcore. I guess just maybe that blue is just a diluted form of it. Then it's not as maybe illegal. a more refined version. I guess maybe. Come on, guys. Now you know you're in a deep Elder Scrolls lore show when we're talking about different types of illegal substances beverages. in a fantasy game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. This is this is what our this is what our listeners tune tune in for. This is the stuff right here. Very nice. Narco is Elder Scrolls edition. <laughs> that should be our next episode. Narcos. Elder Scrolls edition. All right there, uh, Colombian drug lord Mike. Let's go. There he is, that son of a bitch. Come here. To the goddamn worm. Kwame so, uh, the guide to Balmora. So, Balmora is the district seat of House Lalu and the largest settlement on Vardenfeld after Vivek City. Balmora's four districts are Hightown, the Commercial District, Labortown, and Fort Monmouth. Hightown on the hill to the west has the Tribunal Temple, Lalu Council Hall, Rich Manors, Better Shops, and the Morag Tong Guildhouse. The commercial district just west of the river is centered on the large plaza north of Southgate, with the Strider Port along the south wall. East of Southgate, the Fighters Guild and Mages Guild and most of Balmora's shops and inns are located along the streets of the commercial district. Labortown, east of the river, where the commoners and poor live, have several modest corner clubs and a few merchants. Fort Moonmoth, a long walk southeast of town, houses the Legion Garrison and the Imperial Cult. Services. House Lalu. Services are available at Lalu Council Manor in Hightown. Temple Faithful seek solace and services in Belmora Temple in the southeast. Outlanders must travel outside the town walls through the south gate and east along well-marked roads to Fort Moonmoth for Imperial Legion and the Imperial Cult Services. The guild's halls of the Fighters Guild and Mages Guild are on the street north from the plaza in the commercial district. The Morag Tong services are available at their guild hall in an extreme northwest of Hightown. Better shops are in Hightown on the hill and numerous merchants in the commercial district. West of the river, and a few traders in Labortown, east of the river. Notable figures. None of the Lalu councillors live in Balmora. Well, that's kind of crappy. Huh. Yeah, that's Melino okay. Devoran of the Council Hall is the ranking Lalu local. At the Fighters Guild, Adeus Fireeye is the steward. Rainus Anthiers is the Major's Guild steward. Ithias Rilvane is the Morag Tong steward. Fredrilo Sadri is the ranking cleric of the Belmora Tribunal Temple. And colorful Sugar Lips, (laughs) a freelance facilitator of no fixed address, is often rumored to be the local boss of the Thieves Guild. Yeah, maybe you should go find Sugar Lips. What a name. <laughs> hey, Sugar Lips. Come here. Come here, baby. Come here, Sugar, Sugar Lips. Lips. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat person. 
Transportation. A good road leads south to Pelagid, Sedanine, Ebenhart, and Vivek. A rugged wilderness track leads southwest along the Odai River to the fishing village of Lal Oda. Oed. Lal Oed. Improved roads head north to Caldera and Aldrun. The Siltstrider port is on the west side of the river near Southgate. Siltstrider services go to Aldrun, Suran, Aldrun, and Sedanin. Guild guides at the Mages Guild can teleport you to Aldrun, Vivek, Caldera, and Sedramora for a fee. Halaod to the southwest on the coast and improved trail. Wait, I just read that. <laughs> yeah. The copy, the second thing, that's weird, okay. Uh, so let's see here, okay. An unimproved trail leads northeast up to the ravines to Freuda Mamea to Ghostgate. The path is easy to follow, but dangerous beasts threaten pilgrims who travel this route to the Ghostgate Shrine. So, yeah, a little bit truth. about the, the city there, so. Okay. So then we have an execution writ uh, by one of my favorite non-player characters, Naryu. Uh, so this is from the ESO expansion on Morrowind, so it's not from TS3. Okay. Uh, and the writ is for Vonos Barrow. It's standard procedure for a Morag Tonga assassin, especially if she's of nowhere rank or above, to keep an execution journal if only for the education of the thralls. But a ranking Lalu Flel won't be caught dead. Get it? Skull? Oh, on the well, bitter well. coast. No, you'll find him in the West Nash. Not that the Nash is paradise, at least down by the coast, where the Lalu hirelings and retainers have to live. Harvesting muck sponge and farming crushweed. The upper housemen live inland, in the higher and drier fungus woods, where you can build something that won't sink into the mud or fall over. That's where the Lalu lords built Belmora. That's where I knew I should start my search. Belmora, home of House Lalu on Vardenfeld, where the architecture is as bulbous and self-important at the Lal- as the Lalus themselves. In my lovely line of work, you have to pay attention to how buildings are built, not for aesthetic reasons. Vec knows. But because you need to know how to get in and out of them, unheard and unseen. Take this big, dumb Balmora Tower, for example. You're going to need to get to the top, because, trust me, the target is always at the top. Without making a racket or knocking off loose bits. But how? Study the de- details, my darlings. Particularly the protrusions, staircases, gutters, and windows. Windows are a wonderful thing, especially above the ground floor. Higher up, nobody even bothers to lock them. And the bridges. You simply must study bridges, because targets have to use them to cross the river and and chasms. So they're important ambush points. Take this wall bridge over the Odai in Belmora. See that ledge below the three windows? Wearing crampons, you can scramble along as nimble as a lizard. Hop up, topside, do the job, then slide down to the gutter to the underpass. 
The curving parts may look difficult to navigate, but you just need to get intimate with them. Run your hands over their shapes, oh feel my. their textures, until you know which parts you can count on to support you when it matters. Mike, Mike, this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, What's going on over here? Uh, you gotta get see, intimate yeah. with the textures. Exactly. Sorry, I'm I made sorry you lose your place. Here, so. <laughs> when it matters, of course, is after you've finished the target and the Lalu soldiers are after you. The Lalu's power and influence come from trade, so their house color is gold. Subtle, eh? But don't be fooled. The gilding is just for decoration, and underneath their armor is thick. Dagger-turning steel. None of that chitin or bone mold for the Lalu. However, I did learn something from a rather handsome Lalu lieutenant. What a shame he turned out to be out to be stubborn into the bargain. But he still has nine other fingers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Barrow's got the wind up. He knows we're after him, which will make it difficult. Skull, as you know, all our tricks, but he should have known better than to confide in his lieutenant friend. A secret shared is a secret no longer. So now I'm aware that he has changed his name and has assumed the identity of Embersham Ashlander. So is that, that was from Naryu's journal. Arabanesium uh, Ashlander? Yeah. That's quite the name. They're probably just you can have your last name is Ashlander, and you can join the Ashlanders, or is that just like a, an alias where people just leave you alone? I think that's like Smith, you know. <laughs> Arabinesium Smith? Yeah. <laughs> your last name is Ashlander. I'm pretty sure the houses don't want you in town. Exactly. I bet you they call him Ernie. Ernest. Ernest. Ernest Ernie Ashlander. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ernie's in town. Ernest goes to the Dagoth Caledron. Then he walks into the corner club. Hey, Ernie! What's going on, guys? Did you get lost on the way to Balmora? Because I know you haven't made it there yet. Am I supposed to go to Balmora? Yeah. Oh, the I, whole I, episode's I... about Balmora, and you're like walking around. It's like, what is this architecture? I've been the whole time. <laughs> what the worm. I'm telling you is every time you fight those freaking worms every you get turned time. around and you end up in the wrong place uh, well he started in Sidonin we were going well he was off into the woods looking for that worm making his way Yeah. and I'm like wait we're back in Sidonin here I am back in Sidonin <laughs> like a dumbass not wrong it, it's, it's a worm man let me see if I could travel to Balmora it should be 14 <laughs> gold points here. nah I can't do it this is what happens when you drink tequila and you eat the worm <laughs> You're gonna have a bad time. You end up on a ship. <laughs> Down by the city. river. <laughs> You're gonna end up on a ship and say the name. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, getting slept by a worm because you missed it. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll walk. The next book is a report from Captain uh, Brevan. Captain Brevan. Counselor Delvora, thanks for your impressive recommendation. I've been given command of our forces in the Balmora region and promoted to the rank of captain. Remind me that I owe you the next time I can get away from my duties for an hour or two. 
I've taken the liberty of reassigning most of the soldiers previously under Ulran's command in order to provide them with a chance to start fresh under a new regime. Only Vitalo Talim's squad remains intact. They were with Uran on the day of the incident, and I want to personally debrief them before I make any sweeping changes. In the meantime, I've sent them to scout the old fort west of Belmora to keep them busy. Also, I wanted to thank you for reconnecting me with Farah and her mercenary unit. I worked with them in the past, and they've been a godsend for the bolstering our presence in the contested territory. Here's the rest of the unit assignments in case you're interested. So this comes from ESO, uh, one of the uh, uh, major plot points with the Morag Tong uh, substory with Naryu, um, that uh, you come across a number of units that uh, are stationed out there and uh, some espionage and cover that happens. But uh, it gives you an idea that, you know, there is a large military presence throughout Belmora, uh, both at the time of ESO, Second Era, and during the time of TS3, uh, Morrowind, where uh, the Imperial Legion has taken over for the local garrisons of Bardenfeld. Another thing to note about Balmora, but also about the Hollow in general, is like you see the imperialization of, of their part of the Morrowind culture. Yes. A lot. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with trade because, you know, trade is their big thing, that they're going to have more interaction with um, foreign entities uh, like the, um, the Imperial Legion than other uh, houses would. Well, we also know that the Empire, not in ESO, not during the Second Era, but in the Third Era, um, ended up having uh, forced... Uh, Political relationships with more um, Vardenfell yeah. and Morrowind proper, but like another, one of the things I was thinking about is that with none of that Chitin uh, or bone mold armor—they're pretty much wearing what Imperial soldiers would wear, but they're kind of like decorating it in a in a Morrowind kind of fashion, in a Dark Elf kind of fashion, it seems. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what her point was: is that most of the other houses would have the more traditional armor, the bone mold or the chitin armor. And, and that's definitely looked down upon by other people. I imagine Telvani are like, you know, these guys are scumbags. Why are they trading? With, why are they copying Imperials? <laughs> oh, the Telvani. Gotta love their snooty ways. So I'm like halfway to Balmora at this point, I think. Sounds like a song. Half, halfway to Balmora. Halfway to Balmora, taking that dirt road up. We could build. We could build on that. Yeah. yeah. So then, the last book that I'm going to cover here, the Red Year. Uh, the Red Year didn't heavily affect Mornhold itself, but it touched many of the people who lived there. A lot of us had relatives somewhere on Vardenfeld, and after the first day that the eruption occurred we started receiving reports of widespread devastation in Vivek City, Sadrith Mora, Belmora, Aldrun. I don't think a single night went by for months where you wouldn't hear someone openly weeping. It was a sad time for all of us. If I asked, I asked if Mornhold had sustained any damage during the Red Year. I don't know why, but the destruction seemed to pass us by. A few Dunmer 
claim that it was the tribunal watching over us, but others claim that the tribunal was to blame for everything. I actually saw a few of those disagreements come to blows. It was a strange time. Wow. I got an interesting response from Dros regarding Mournhold's role during the Red Year. Relief efforts began almost a month after the mountain erupted. It was actually a directive that came from the House Rhetoran Counselor that was living in Mournhold at the time. I can't remember his name, but he took charge of the situation and sent soldiers, supplies, and abled body Dunmer to the outlying settlements that had been hit the hardest. I was sent to Balmora. A place, the place was a mess. Hardly anything left in town was still standing. I spent maybe two months there, helping to rebuild the town and getting my fellow Dunmer back on their feet. It started out as a burden, but it ended up being the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. I started some friendships there that still last to this day, including my beloved wife. So, we do know that Belmora was destroyed during the Red Year, and that uh, after the or during sometime after uh, the Red Year and uh, the events of Skyrim, they've started rebuilding uh, parts and cities in uh, uh, Vardenfeld, and Belmora being one of them. That's a really nice story because it, it, in the mind of the, when you hear about the Red Year in Skyrim, and if you haven't read any books like this one or any notes, you would think that it's, it's all just wasteland. But this really tells you that this guy kind of like turned a new leaf in his life just because he went out there and took the responsibility for helping, you know, put himself into, into building that rebuilding the town and you know met his wife and and started a new life on that yeah and i think you know especially when um you know we talked about it last episode the um um the mod coming out for um beyond skyrim with morrowind that it gives the ability of you know people to come back and take a look at these uh, towns in a Skyrim engine, and you know it's going to look different, obviously, uh, just like it looks different in ESO. But the fact that it's still there and uh, it's still, you know, a functioning, you know, maybe not a city but a town, um, you know, gives hope that when you do get to play these expansions, that you know, there will be some nostalgia. Well, it gives you a better way to compare them and contrast them yeah. between the engines. So, you know, I w as I was doing the research here for Belmora, you know, one of the things I came across is Belmora has been the setting for a, a huge number of books in-game, uh, such as the game at dinner where there's it's the book about poisoning and you get an alchemy skill line, uh, the book Pala, uh, the Flames of the uh, Fetcher Fly, uh, Chance's Folly, and many of the 2920, the last year of the First Era series, uh, features uh, scenes that take place in Belmora. So it's actually kind of an important place overall in the uh, uh, the literature. It's just there's not a lot of books written about it. It just features as a place to hold a lot of um, stories that have taken place in. Well, here we are in, in Balmora. Nice. We have arrived. All right. Um, anything else, Mike? That's it. And that leaves us moving on to our fast question and discussion. It sure does. Uh, so, <clears throat> um, 
Towns and Elder Scrolls are are an important key feature in the setting. Um, you know, you, you know, they it, the game is called Daggerfall. The game is called Morrowind. The game is called well, it's it's Oblivion, but it takes place in Cyrodiil. And, and the, <laughs> the, the game is called Skyrim. You know, the setting is is a character, and and within within that setting are are tiny little microcosms, little settings. Um, our favorite Elder Scrolls game, whatever it happens to be, we have towns that we love, and you know, there's others there that that we could kind of do without. So, from a player's point of view, and I know a lot of times we kind of try and look at like maybe like a developer's point of view or where are they going in this way because we know our our as the player we know our point of view so well but this time i want to focus on that 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 idea that that point of view that we know well enough from our point of view what makes a great town what what keeps us coming back home so to speak what do we look forward to when we're playing elder scrolls and we're in a new game Maybe uh, maybe we haven't played that particular uh, Elder Scrolls game or a new one just came out. Remember back when Skyrim first came out? For some of you uh, huge Elder Scrolls uh, fans out there have been playing for, for so long and Skyrim first came out and you walked into a new town. What were you looking forward to? What makes a great Elder Scrolls town? What makes that feeling of home? What do you guys think? Let's start with, uh, let's start with Mithril. I'd say it has to have a somewhat centralized kind of feeling, especially if you're going to have a player home in it, where you know goods and services seem to be within arm's reach. Um, I think the developers in for Skyrim intentionally made Whiterun a really accessible place, uh, knowing that maybe that's going to be the quest hub city that people are mostly going to settle in. Sure. Um great dialogue with characters that don't seem to really get old uh i think is another good quality okay you know kind of a, a sense of homeliness that comes with it it's hard to put your really put a good place on it because i'm trying to look through the different towns you know in my mind that i've been to in, in the different games and which ones really stand out well we're gonna well we're gonna expand on these answers in a minute um so, so you've got you've got some time there to sort of you know mull over your thoughts. Yeah. Let me go over to Mike here. What what say you? What what makes what makes a great town in in your opinion? What are you looking for? So I think that uh, it has to have uh, one feature and that is really important, and that's easy navigation. Um, so, like here, especially in Morrowind, the town I hate to go to is Vivek City. Uh, oh, yeah. I find that I get lost very easily there, uh, that there's no, like, you know, the landmarks aren't easily identified as to what canton I'm in. Uh, and, you know, for some reason, I have the same problem uh, with uh, Windhelm in in both of its forms, in ESO and in Skyrim, that, you know, you get turned around with some of the, the places, especially in the Grey Quarter, and all of a sudden, I'm kind of like, well, you know, wait a minute, where am I? Which, you know, way do I have to turn to get out of here? Um, you know, the Imperial City is very similar because everything is very repetitive in nature. That uh, sometimes it's very easy to, you know, now granted the Imperial City is broken up into smaller and smaller uh, quadrants. But, you know, it should be very easy to navigate the city. Um, when you look at Whiterun, 
you you enter through one area and you have you know the the uh the lower district there where your house is you have the upper district where the temple is and uh uh um your vasker is and then you have the cloud district where you know you want to go and uh, make sure that the guide never sees again um and that's where dragon reach is right very you know easily laid out that you know the it's not hard to get lost. Um, even solitude is fairly easy. You've got the Imperial District uh, where the garrison is. You've got the Blue Palace. And then you've got pretty much two pathways, one going through the Market District and the other going through the Housing District. Yeah. Um, you know, so easily na- navigatable. Um, but that should have, you know, distinct features and landmarks that make it so that at any time when you look around, you're like, oh, it's very easy to find versus you know you have to keep opening your map to figure out where exactly are you and you know try and you know you spend time just going crazy trying to figure out where you know where to go next right uh for me one of the things that a a great town needs to have is is a lot of character um i want i want my towns to be to be separated um you know uh, aesthetically uh, from one another. So, you know, one of the things that I always remember about Balmora in particular, um, which I think is is a massive credit to the town because uh, Morrowind is my least favorite Elder Scrolls game. Um, so I, I'm never playing it. However, uh, if you tell me, you know, Balmora, what do I think about? Well, this giant river that runs right through the middle of the town that separates essentially the, the commercial area from the residential area. Yeah, that's a striking feature. It really is. And it yeah, adds a it... lot of character to to Balmora. Um in a town that's that could very well just be um especially when it was built, the game was built, um just a lot of like, you know, um monotonous stone structure. You have a few here that sort of like this tower here, peek out from from the rest and and so it does stand out as um, having a lot of character, Balmore. So um, that's one of the things that, that a, a town needs to have for me. It's got to have a lot of character uh, aesthetically. I really like that. And I get excited when I go to a new town. I think to myself, like, okay, how is this going to be different from the other place I went to or the other three places I went to? And I, I feel like when I was playing Skyrim, I was always treated to um, spoiled even to to something complete even if I didn't like it at least it was wildly different from the last place place I came from um, mithril uh, on on to you yeah I also wanted to add that the biome that that town sits in has a lot to do with it you mentioned yeah. the the the, uh, the bridges but you know the rivers also come with it sure and I find that I like I'm just really attracted to anvil and oblivion a lot oh yeah like it's just the archi- you know, architecture that that also you know is different from the other towns as a thing too. They they did that a lot in Oblivion. Um, that definitely set it apart. This was touched on before, but it's just Anvil itself, you know, being on the coast and 
you know, having that the the the, the windswept kind of uh, rolling hills around it, yeah. it's very feels like Greece, you know, or something like that. Right. And it's like that 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 really paints a romantic picture of the town without really talking about the inhabitants or you know what's going on inside it for sure. Sure, it sure does. You know, I find that there's this 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 wonderful little thing that that happens in in Elder Scrolls games for me, especially at this point since we've been talking about Elder Scrolls now for seven years seven years yeah seven years wow and that is uh, that is the growth of nostalgia um, it doesn't matter how old these games get they they age like fine wine they just get better with age and and you know, uh, going back, like if you were to introduce Marwin to a new a new uh, player now, they'd be like, "What is this garbage?" And, and for a person who played Marwin when it was the the contemporary Elder Scrolls game at the time, back in two thousand three, they're like, "What? This game is gold!" and and there's a lot of that nostalgia. Um, nostalgia grows when you you start to really like fall in love with with the game and a lot of that that um happens when you experience the game and spend a lot of time in that game developing your experiences and and a massive part of doing that is the towns and the dungeons Mm -hmm. and the the dialogue and the characters and and for our part which is you know towns this 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 episode uh at least balmora for this episode um Developing the town and having all of these little things, the character, the features, the um, the the uh, availability of all of the, the items, like Mike was calling out earlier, all of that develops positive experiences. And with that comes, over time, deep nostalgia and deep love. And it's amazing that even though I'm, you know, Morrowind is my least favorite Elder Scrolls game, when I walk into Balmora, I'm like, oh... Ah, yes, here we are, a place I know so well and I'm connected to and I, I, I like. And and it's it's fun to be here because it's been so long and how are you? And then all of a sudden a weird thing starts to happen. I start connecting old memories with when I started first podcasting to the music, to how things were, were like in my life at the time. And, and I, you know, I get those rose-tinted glasses just come right on my face. And I'm like, oh, do you remember when... You know, my relationship with Jenny was so brand new and, you know, I had both cats here and Callie was still alive and Brago was so young and I had just moved back into New York from Mississippi and things were hard but great and I was a rookie cop and listened to that music and, oh, who was that again? I'm discovering Jeremy Soule's music and all because I just walked into Balmora again, again, again. Yeah, Balmora for me is like the white run of... uh of Morrowind and people someone's gonna want to slap me for it it's like well no this other town is but for me like <laughs> it feels like the white run of that town of, right. of of that province because I explored every nook and cranny of that place met all of the guild leaders that you could find there and it's like for some reason that town's setup just really jives really well for me it's like you know I'm you know I'd, I'd like to set up shop here yeah, it's well built. Yeah, I yeah. mean, for me, you know, Sadenine is more like um, 
the starting town where you enter into the cart in Skyrim that yeah. you go there and you do your little Riverwood. quest in the, <laughs> you know in the beginning and uh, you know you leave and you're done but you know White Run is the first big city in Skyrim that you actually encounter and I think that Balmora fits that same bill for me it was the the first one that I went to after leaving Sadenine and uh, yeah it's the first painting that I did of from Morrowind the game itself uh, is my Balmora picture it, and um, you know it, it's always been like you know the place where I hang out and so when the Morag Tong quest in ESO was set in Balmora it was like oh my god this is so great and on top of that Nara used there too it's like holy crap you know this can't get any yeah. better <laughs> it screams quest hub uh, yes Quest Hub is definitely the feeling I get from it. Now, there's Quest Hub in the bad way, and then there's Quest Hub in the good way. And I, I know, I know, Mithril, you're you're trying to emphasize Quest Hub in a good way. Let me explain Quest Hub in a bad way. Okay, World of Warcraft Quest Hubs. That's the bad way. Why is that the bad way? Because it's in the middle of nowhere, just suddenly a tiny little, a tiny little place where NPCs are jammed in, a couple of buildings are jammed in, and and that's it. No character, barely any features, no place to explore. Quest Hub in a bad way. Quest Hub in a good way. Balmora. Just just there. Just Balmora. Just that's it. That's all I got to say. You know, just you know, a uh, nice sprawled out featureful area filled with exploration, NPCs going about their daily lives, not caring if you're there or not there, okay? They're not standing around waiting for you. They're moving about their business, doing their thing for the most part, okay? The other nice thing is is that you will come and go from here. Like, you'll go to Vivek City, and then you'll be sent back here to deal with, you know, the um, the people from the Fighters Guild or, you know, from the Mages Guild or from the Thieves Guild. So it's not like you spend all your time here um, you know, to, to give you an instance, you know, when I played Dragon Age, uh, you know, the, the most recent one there, you know, I spent hours in the hinterlands, you know, doing all the stuff there, all the stuff there. And it was just like, it never really, you know, prompted me to leave and, you know, come to find out that it was like, holy crap, you know, you're actually supposed to come and go from this place with Balmora. You do a couple of things and then you're, you know, given like, Hey, you need to go to Vivek and deliver this message. And so then you leave and you start doing stuff there and they're like, hey, you got to go back to Balmora to do this. Or, hey, you know, we need you to go here to um, Ebonheart and, you know, do this. But, oh, you know, you're requested to come back to Balmora. So there is, you know, all these other things that, you know, it's a quest hub because you can spend a lot of time here doing stuff in the, the, the neighboring uh, terrain. But also it's a quest hub in as much as you'll go and explore the rest of the province and be called back here to do stuff. Right. Yeah. Do you, there's one last point I want to make. Yeah. Yeah. Close us out uh, on this uh, uh, mithril. Do you think that Skyrim did not do a good job on connecting the towns? Oof, uh, wow. Um, that's okay. So, short answer on me on that one is yes and i think they did that on purpose to make it feel more remote yeah i think that's a that's a solid uh suggestion yes yeah. i don't know like you know the thieves guild quest line and the dark brotherhood oftentimes and the imperial quest lines 
uh, or you know, Stormcloak quest lines sent you to the different towns. Um, Bad guy quest lines. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> but like the Fighters Guild, I felt like, or um, the the companions didn't do a really good job of sending you to other towns, uh, mainly because I think their radiant quest line was broken. Um, but the other two, I think, did a really good job of like, hey. You've got to go here and do this, or you know, like the you know, the, especially stuff in Solitude where you had to kill the Emperor or um, his uh, cousin at the at her wedding. Um, the Thieves Guild questline where you had to go up to Solitude and follow the Argonian through uh, um, the East Empire Trading Company. You know, they they sent you to other towns to do things. Uh, you know, the Thieves Guild sent you to White Run to deal with the uh, upstart uh, metery. Um, you know, there was the, the Dark Brother sent you to Markarth to, uh, and then from Markarth to, uh, Windhelm. So I think that depending on the storyline that you were playing in Skyrim, that it, it did a good yes. job connecting you, but there really wasn't like, you know, you went to this one town and there was somebody that said, Hey, can you deliver this package for me to another town? It wasn't like crappy like that Yeah. versus here in Morrowind, there's times where you would literally be a, you know, a mailman. Um, you know, and that one drove me nuts. It was like, you're in one camp in, in Vivek and a guy gives you a letter and says, here, you know, go down the hall and deliver this message for me. It's, it's like, like, what the hell? You, you could, you too couldn't be bothered to go, you know, 50 feet. I think, <laughs> of course, I think, you know, ESO is kind of um, really guilty of this too, because you can be literally be in the Sigic hall and the guy says, can you just pick this thing off the table and give it to me? It's like, are you for real? There is there there is definitely <laughs> like the there is definitely like if you play um you know obviously I'll call it out again and now I played World of Warcraft for like seven eight years guys okay I loved World of Warcraft um but I will call it out for for its its um you know some of the things that that's not so good about the game and and that is that is some of this stuff you know the the quest hubs the towns you know um the 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 questing is exactly this and you know when you when you're playing elder scrolls online um it learns so much from from world of warcraft in what worked and what didn't work and what's just so uniquely elder scrolls and um i think uh when it comes to elder scrolls online you know you you have this 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 amazing um quest system where you're not necessarily getting that in 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 even even when it's bad, it's still not as as bad as cringy World of yeah. Warcraft was. Yeah, you know, at and its I'll worst. Say, I'll say this in terms of like towns and stuff um, that ESO did learn from one thing about when they they released Morrowind expansion um, that you know Vivex City was just impossible here in this game. I mean, the Cantons had, you know, multiple, you know, seriously huge levels and just a large number of cantons. And they it's paired it. annoying. It, it, <laughs> well, it can be annoying, but they paired it down to two major cantons, the temple itself, and then the district there where, they're, um, where they've got all of the uh, places for you to do your crafting, which is meant to be like the area where the construction is taking place on one of the other cantons. Um, so, you know, they've pared it down to the bare minimum that is needed for it to feel like a good quest hub and to make it feel like a, a, uh, a thriving city that is under development. Uh, 
because I could have I was dreading when they said that Vivek City was going to be there that I'm like, oh my god, here we go. You know, I'm gonna be lost for hours trying to find my way out of these stupid cantons. Yes. You know, and which one do I have to go to to pick up the quest? And which one do I have to go to? You know, I'm like so when it was only the the two major ones and the temple, I'm like, oh my god, this is this is perfect because it gives you that feeling of like, hey, it's under development as a large city, but it's navigatable for your average player. All right, uh, that's don't kind jump of... off the roof, man. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I was thinking about it. I'm like, I should just do this, but no. Um, Save first. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have we have come to the end of our show. Uh, we've had a lot of great lore, uh, thanks to thanks to Mike and uh, and Mithril, of course. Uh, a lot of great a lot of great discussion as well. Uh, so thanks to these guys. Um, great show and final thoughts. I'd like to start off with that with uh, with Mithril. Getting back and watching Ivarwin play Morrowind, but as a, a host in the show, is definitely a, a, a enriching experience. <laughs> um, talking about Balmora and, of course, towns in the game, it really gets me thinking about experiences I've had f- the first time with each of, each of the games, and it, it's definitely something that, that I feel really good about talking uh, glossing over these things, especially hearing your guys' experiences uh, about that. I'm pretty happy about it. I'm glad we we're able to uh to do that for you. You know, you you've been um you've been such a uh such such a great addition to not just this show in general, but I'll keep it to just this show. You've been such a great addition. And I'm really glad to hear that. So so um, that's good, man. That's real good. Um, keep up all the great work. You, you just, you've just been a phenomenal addition. Um, certainly, you know, Mike, who's, um, who I would, I would consider, you know, the, uh, cornerstone of, of, uh, of the show. Um, you know, just, just such a, uh, a great, just like addition to, to what Mike brings to, to the show, which is so, so, um, uh, key to everything that, that we do here. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, Mike, final thoughts. So I'm glad to be back in Morrowind here, and uh, I've got to look through my notes as to what we have done and what we can do, but I'd like to spend probably two or three more episodes here uh, on Vardenfeld uh, in Morrowind, um, you know, because it has been almost two years since we were here last. Sure. Um, So I just got to figure out what we're going to do. I think we're going to probably do an episode on the Ashlanders. Um, I think... I think we've already done an episode on the tribunal, but I have to check. Uh, maybe we'll get lost in uh, uh, Vivek City. Uh, we'll definitely try and make our way up to the Mushroom Towers uh, of the Talvani. And uh, you know, if there's any questions you guys have about Morrowind or uh, you know things that you might want to see uh, in this playthrough, you know, make sure you send us messages uh, on our different uh, you know platforms here so that. Uh, you know, we can interact and, you know, bring you guys something that you want to see. So, uh, you know, yeah. So if you've got a question or anything, you know, make sure, you know, send us an email at elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com, uh, message on Twitter or, um, Tumblr or on our Facebook. Um, 
So yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm hoping to, you know, bring some uh, a couple of good episodes here this spring, you know, when the snow leaves New York and uh, you know, maybe we'll, you know, dance in the ash instead. <laughs> I can certainly uh, tell that you're really excited about uh, starting up this series in Morrowind cuz you know, the first episode that you've done was you were in Shaden Hall. That was your first episode. And now uh, yep. we're starting up Morrowind and you've been spending a lot of time in Morrowind, at least in ESO, and like being able to talk about the things that you really liked about it tra- coming from that aspect of playing the game into while you were always playing the old version. It, it definitely it definitely, you know, I can sense the I can sense the enthusiasm. I, I appreciate that too. Yeah, I got to boot up my copy of Morrowind. I've got a, a, probably about 100 hours of time into it. I've completed most of the guild quests to a, a decent proportion. Uh, and obviously, I have done the Morrowind expansion on ESO completely. So, you know. Um, like yeah. you said, you also painted it. <laughs> yeah, I've painted, I think, five pictures now between ESO and Morrowind, uh, you know, in on Vardenfeld itself or in Morrowind over by uh, Mornhold. Well, uh, we've got a lot to look forward to. <clears throat> this Sunday, uh, we are going to be doing Quest Gaming Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, we've had we've had a lot of difficulty trying to get the uh, the show essentially relaunched. Um, last, last time we did the show, uh, we had some really, really horrible, uh, just like audio issues. So we're re-recording uh, episode one, and uh, that's going to kick off our, our brand new our brand new season for Quest Gaming Dungeons and Dragons. So be sure to check that out live right here on twitch.tv slash quest gaming network at um, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then this uh, Thursday coming up is uh, the uh, it's a magic week, uh, Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering, uh, where we're going to be discussing uh, uh, what what guild are we getting into for, for that? Is that the uh, Golgari? I'll have to take a look. I'm not entirely sure. I forgot. I, I forgot exactly. I didn't come prepared for, for that answer. No, I know. <laughs> me either. I mean, <laughs> well, we're going to be tackling uh, the latest news in Magic the Gathering. Um, certainly the, uh, the uh, just the, we're going to touch briefly on uh, the, the brand new um, Mythic Champion uh, uh, winner, Autumn, uh, who won the, the Mythic Championship. Uh, well, part one of it anyway. Uh, we'll touch briefly on that, yes. some of the latest uh, decks that we've been doing, uh, putting together as well, and of course, um, our, our, the latest uh, guild that we're going to be uh, going into, uh, some of the you know, cool cards that come from those guilds historically and what they're kind of all about in our newcomer section, plus uh, uh, the, the latest installment of the Urza Saga that Mithra is going to be bringing uh, to the show as well, plus all of our gameplay and so much more. That's going to be Thursday. Um, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here, twitch.tv slash quest gaming network. Uh, and it just goes round and round and round. And after that, another episode of Elder Scrolls off the record. Elder Scrolls is classic, and classic is Elder Scrolls. We will catch you guys later. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us right here on questgamingnetwork.com. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you.
Who's all down?